What's up, Debbie people? After a lengthy delay, Corey and I are finally back with episode four. We actually recorded one a long time ago, then the Justin Ross news broke the next day, and then life got in the way with our schedules just not lining up to re-record. But here we are with our wide receiver episode where we talk about a lot of different guys and even get into some sleepers at the end. You guys know what to do. Hit us up on Twitter and give us your thoughts at Devi Dispensary. I'm at DJ Indy and Corey is at FF underscore guitarist. Without further ado, let's hit it. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode four of the Devi Dispensary Podcast. Today, Corey and I are going to discuss the 2021 eligible wide receivers, and this one definitely gets my Debbie feels running a little hot, so let's get after it, Corey. How are you doing, man? What's going on, Doug, man? It's good to be back for what is now the fourth episode of the Debbie Dispensary podcast. Uh, we got some good feedback on that 2021 running backs one we did last time, and uh, we love to hear that shit. You know, never be afraid to ask us questions on our personal accounts at Indy or at FF underscore guitarist or our official podcast account, the uh, at Debbie Dispensary. Uh, you know, whether it's about your league, whether it's a player, a trade you're considering, you know, we, we love to hear that stuff. I live for this shit. I know Doug lives for this shit. So uh, hit us up. But uh, I'm definitely looking forward to getting into these uh, 2021 wide receivers with you and getting your opinion on a lot of these guys. Well, let's get into the latest buzz right now. We've kind of got some big news coming out recently with Justin Ross and his surgery. Looks like he's going to be out for the season with congenital fusion, which they just discovered from an x-ray after he kind of had a stinger just in in camp, I think. Um, it's one of those things he was kind of born with it, and they've just discovered it. It was probably one of those things they would have discovered in the in the combine anyway. But it's kind of big news. So we got Ross out for the season, and it's kind of time for Nada and Ladson to step up, man. Yeah, and I mean, there's rumors of this possibly being career-ending for the guy, and it's really unfortunate for to hear. I'm, I'm praying the best for him, you know, but I'm officially not expecting this guy to play in the NFL any longer. I don't know how you can. I mean, that that's a pretty serious injury. Nobody wants to mess around with the neck, so... Uh, I'm officially not counting on him. Anything else from this point is just gravy. But if you can get anything for the guy, I'm probably taking it. Uh, but if you're a Devy owner, you're probably crushed about this. But uh, the only good thing is, like like you said, him leaving does leave a big hole in that receiving core. And uh, I I was big on the Joe Nada train. Nagata, Nada, I don't, I don't really know how to say it. But uh, I was big on his train early. I thought he looked pretty damn good. You think about the spring game last year when – he had that amazing catch on the sideline. He was showing some great hands. He was all over the place. He's another big guy, 6'3", 250. And I, I really think that he could kind of take over the role for, for that Ross was going to be in this year and possibly become the number one guy for uh, Trevor Lawrence this year. And, I mean, people are maybe going to point to Amari Rogers, who's like a, a nice stocky slot wide receiver. He's 5'10", 210. Uh, he hasn't really had over 600 yards in any season there. Uh he hasn't had over 55 receptions in any season. So, I mean, I, I'm really on the on the Nagata train. But uh, I know you're a big Frank Latson guy. You were trying to tout him to me early. And uh, what do you think about Latson's effect here? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Amari Rogers, And I think he came out recently, or at least in the last few months, and said that Latson is their fastest wide receiver. 
So if that's the case, you know, maybe at his size, yeah, it's kind of another dimension for that Clemson offense. And I think, you know, he's a guy that is kind of being discounted right now. I think Nagata is kind of the, the top guy that everyone's looking to after the Ross injury. So if you can get Ladson at a discount, man, that's kind of where I'm at. It's like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll wait a couple rounds in any kind of Debbie drafts and grab Ladson a little bit later. We haven't really seen either of these two on the field a whole lot. So, I mean, it's it's possible that he kind of takes as much of a, a step or a leap as Ngata does. So that's kind of where, where I'm at with him, and that's kind of where I like him just because you can kind of get him at a discount, and I think he could be just as explosive as Ngata, you know, going into next year. Right, and these guys both last year showed some pretty good stuff on the field. I mean, Latson was catching touchdowns. Uh, Nagata was catching touchdowns from when they were winning big. You know, they gave these freshmen a lot of time, and these guys were performing out there. So I'm excited to see what these guys can do going into next year. And speaking of other injuries as well, man, we got Kyle Ford out at USC. Um, Torres other ACL. Torres ACL coming into USC his freshman year. He he had kind of lit the camps on fire going into his senior year. So he really, I think, rose up the rankings. But, you know, it's just kind of unfortunate at this point. I was actually considering, you know, maybe looking at him or Brew McCoy, trying to grab one of them, both highly touted going into USC. Brew McCoy kind of switched back and forth between USC and Texas before landing back at USC. You know, I'm kind of glad I didn't take the leap because, man, at this point, it's hard for me to see him kind of like, you know, making any kind of Debbie roster, any kind of Debbie noise at this point. Yeah, and I guess you kind of hope that maybe he can turn his career around a little bit like Zamir White. I mean, I'm a little bit worried when these guys get to the combine, regardless of what they do in college here, how they're going to uh, test out in the medicals and everything like that, if their knees look okay. You know, tearing an ACL in both knees, that's thats not what you want to see from these guys, you know. But it's its a good sign for the other guys, at least. I mean, Amon Ra is my guy. He's my number two wide receiver for uh, next year for 21. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see what he's going to do. Maybe Tyler Vaughn's can get a little more uh, credibility in the Debbie crowd because uh, he's, he's pretty damn good out there, but it seems like nobody likes him, you know. You got Drake London out there too, Brew McCoy, like you mentioned. So I think USC's offense is going to be fine, but uh, it's unfortunate that we're not going to get to see Kyle Ford do anything. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think like you said, he was probably, you know, at best the fourth option, maybe the fifth fifth option behind Brew McCoy, depending on how that battle shook out. Um, but man, yeah, you really got to like, you know, Amon Ra and, and Tyler Vaughn going into this year. And I know, I know a lot of people like Drake London. He is what, six, five, I think over 200 pounds. So not a guy that I normally, you know, fall in love with in Debbie. But, you know, he, I think he had a pretty productive freshman season. So we'll see what happens in his, in his sophomore season. Sticking with USC, we got JT Daniels also transferring to Georgia, which is pretty big news. I mean, I, you know, I obviously Keaton Slovis kind of beat him out at, at USC after he got hurt. So now he's going to Georgia. You got Brock Vandegrift, who was kind of a highly touted, you know, quarterback coming into the Georgia um, sounds like he's he's excited for the competition and ready to go. I think it's going to be good for both of them, but I mean, I think I think JT Daniels could fill in nicely behind Jamie Newman. 
Yeah, and I think that too. And I'm not sure if he's going to get the waiver to play immediately. I don't personally think he is. He's still got the three years of eligibility left. So I think this move was a look towards the future. I mean, where, where are you going to go better? That's a program that gets five-star talent year in, year out, right? So he's looking at 21, I think. And I think Newman is safer this year. And it's a wide-open battle. You mentioned Brock there, but... JT's going to come in this year. He's going to have a year under his belt, learning the offense, uh, going through the playbook. He looked a little frazzled at USC sometimes. Uh, I was a big fan of his in high school, though. He, he was a pretty damn good prospect. I mean, we've gone over my love for Amon Ra, and JT Daniels was a big part of that. And, you know, I, I'm a bit of a Georgia fan, too, so I'm excited to see what JT Daniels is going to do in this offense. Yeah, for sure. And one last uh, bit of news. We got Dalvin Cook kind of holding out going into this season. That's kind of been a concern for, you know, I think a couple of running backs. I think Joe Mixon has kind of mentioned the same thing, but we definitely have Dalvin Cook more recently coming out and saying that he's he's looking for a different contract. I know that's your team, man. That's That's been your dude for a long time. So give me your thoughts on that one. Yeah, I think at the end of the day that the Vikings are going to get this deal done. Uh, I'm not too overly worried about it. The Vikings have shown that they like to keep these guys around, the guys they they deem essential to the team, even if maybe us as fans don't deem them essential. I mean, you look at last year or two years ago, I think it was only last year, actually, when the Jets were trying to sign Anthony Barr away and we upped the offer and took Barr back. And he hasn't even been that great on the on the stat sheet or on the box score. I mean, but but Zimmer thinks this guy's a good part of the offense. If you look at Kyle Rudolph last year, a lot of people think he was going to be on the way out. But what did they do? They re-signed him. They thought of, of him as a vital part of this offense while Irv was, Irv was still going to learn. So I still think that they think Dalvin Cook is going to stay around. It, it sounds like his asking price isn't through the roof. He's not asking for that Christian McCaffrey money. So uh, I think they eventually get this deal done, but they do have a tendency to drag this out all the way into the last day possible. Yeah, definitely. So looking at Dalvin Cook, if he's holding out, you got uh, Madison – kind of waiting in the wings right now, just as his handcuff. How do you feel about Madison? Are you trying to attack him? Are you going after him as a, as a cook owner? What would you do if you're, if you're a Dalvin cook owner right now, are you sending out trade offers for Madison right now? Man, it's probably the hardest time to try to acquire Madison, but I don't know how you can at least be thinking about the possibility. I mean, he was pretty damn good last year he was efficient his efficiencies numbers matched dalvin cooks almost uh, per play on a per play basis um it's a run heavy team this guy's gonna do good if, if cook goes down so uh, i mean yeah i'd love to get madison on anywhere that i have cook and i mean this whole process in general has made me think about handcuffs and also in relation to the covid and everything that's going to go on this year i mean what i'm worried about is if these guys test positive are we going to lose these guys for two weeks? Are we going to be losing players all throughout the season? Like how, how good is it to have the depth this year, the, the backups, the handcuffs? I mean, the, the fourth guys down the, down the depth chart for wide receivers, for quarterbacks, the backup quarterbacks, you know? And I, I wanted to get your opinion on it. Like what do you, uh, if you're a contending team, are you going out there trying to get these handcuffs for your main guys, especially in a year like this year? Are you saying... This year, I'm just going to let the other guys go after it. I'm going to take a break and attack it next year when everything's back to normal. No, nah, man, I'm, I'm kind of with you on this one. Like, First of all, I'm always a staunch supporter of getting your handcuffs. Um, and I think this year it's especially important. Uh, you know, I even in one of our recent Debbie drafts, like I overpaid for uh, Anthony McFarlane just because I have James Conner. Like I can't afford to lose that kind of running volume, you know, if Connor goes down. 
So to be able to plug and play a guy like, you know, McFarlane, or in this case, you know, with Cook, when you got Madison, you know, I think there's a big case to be made for, you know, always going after your handcuffs, but especially this year going after your handcuffs, man, because, you know, if your starter goes down, dude, you could be in a world of hurt for, yeah, I mean, at least two weeks and we don't know, it could be longer. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, it's one of those things where it's probably, you know, a good conversation to have in terms of the top handcuff running backs out there, you know, off the top of my head, Madison is probably top three for sure. If not at the very top of that list. Yeah. And on the heels of that, I mean, I do have a potential deal and you know what, I'm going to let you decide for me because I've been battling with this for weeks in weeks out. We've been going over this for weeks already. And with this new news, he's still leaving this offer on the table. So, you know, my team in D12, okay. I'm a contending team. Uh, I won last year or uh, two years ago. I came in second last year, uh, but I still feel like I got a pretty damn good chance. But like, you know, my main guy is Dalvin Cook. I don't have Madison. Wink, our guy Wink, has decided to offer me Alexander Madison and Allen Robinson. In return, I have to give him DJ Moore. Now, initially, I thought that the jump from Allen Robinson to DJ Moore, that Alexander Madison didn't really cover that. And now with his holdout and now with this COVID thing, I'm starting to wonder. So what do you think I should do, man? If it was me, I'd take that deal. Um, you know, like you said, you're contending team. And it's not like Allen Robinson's an old guy. I mean, he's kind of hitting his prime, right? I mean, he's he'll be, what, 26, 27 going into this season. And he put up good numbers last year with Trubisky. So, you know, to me, the drop-off – is not that far. And then you're getting Madison in return to me. It's kind of a no brainer, man. You know what, Doug, I'm taking your advice. I'm sending this offer in and hopefully we get something done. And by the next time I should be a Madison owner and an Allen Robinson owner. And I agree with you. I'm a big Allen Robinson guy. So I'm going to be excited to get him in my grasp and I've been fighting with this. So thank you for clearing my mind and getting this deal done. Yeah. He's definitely a guy I like going in this year. I've tried acquiring him, you know, in some places and it's just, you know, he's kind of a tough guy to get. Um, I think people are pretty optimistic following his last season, you know, and I actually think, you know, his yardage was good last year. He had over a thousand yards, but I think it's his touchdowns are actually going to increase next year. So, yeah, I mean, I, he's a, he's a solid buy for me and it, you know, it sucks to give up DJ Moore. I kind of like what that Panthers offense is, is doing, but at the same time, man, you know, they could be spreading the ball around a lot, whereas in Chicago, Robinson is the guy. So, I mean, I think that's a great pickup for you, um, especially to grab Madison and to, to handcuff Dalvin Cook with it. All right, so let's just jump right into these wide receivers. You know, on, on I think a couple pods ago, we talked about our top three. Just a little reminder, I had Jamar Chase. Tamari and Terry and Rondell Moore is my top three. Corey, what was your top three again? Uh, we're in consensus at number one, of course, with Jamar Chase. Uh, my number two is a little bold, I guess, at this point, is Amon Ross St. Brown. And uh, we're in consensus back again at number three with Rondell Moore. All right, so let's just kick it off with Jamar Chase, man. You know, I don't know what he can do next year to top what he did last year. I don't think it's possible. You know, he put up 1,700 yards and 20 touchdowns, which is – fucking insane um 
so I think he's kind of cemented no matter what he does, unless he has some insanely bad year. I think he's still going to be the consensus number one going into the draft next year. Yeah, and I mean, what's there to say about Jamar Chase at this point that hasn't been said already? I mean, uh, draft Twitter's been all over this guy. Debbie Twitter's been all over this guy. I mean, he's the complete package. He's got the size. He's got the production. He's got the talent. And, uh, you know, I was lucky last year to kind of be on the train early. I know I drafted him in the fourth round a little bit later in one of our drafts. And then I uh, subsequently traded him to you for Julio during a during a playoff stretch that I was trying to win. And that didn't work out for me, and now I'm sad. I don't have this guy in my uh, grasps anymore. But uh, I have no shares anymore. That actually makes me pretty upset. But uh, yeah, you know, I was actually searching for the next the next great LSU wide receiver when I first uh, found Chase. You know, and I, and I was actually looking at Marshall, who we're going to get into a little bit later, who's big time recruit as well. But yeah, Jamar Chase just looked so refined on tape. He looked he had such good hands. He had such good talent. I mean, I know the production wasn't there before last year, but uh, like you said, I guess the big question that it, that some people are wondering about is with Joe Brady gone now, with Burrow onto the NFL, with Clyde gone, with Justin Jefferson gone, like what is this offense going to look like? Are we going to see a regression to before 2019 where they really didn't do much through the air but uh yeah like you said I think that he cemented his position and I'm not too worried about what goes on in this year I mean it's kind of like the Darius Geis thing where his last year was kind of bad but he still went relatively high you know I'm not too worried about it no I'm definitely not either man he's you know it's unreasonable to expect that kind of production next year anyway you know if if he comes even remotely close I'll be I'll be surprised to be honest um but yeah, he's definitely the most talented wide receiver in the Debbie world right now, I think, coming out of college. But there's a lot of other good guys, man. This class is is pretty insane. And one of those guys, Rondell Moore, you know, for being kind of a smaller guy, he plays so much bigger than his size. You know, this dude's 5'9", what, 180, and he's squatting 600 pounds. That's that's pretty nuts for, for a guy his size. Um and the dude, you know, he just, he produces, it came in his, you know, immediately in his freshman season, I think his first game, he had 300 yards from scrimmage, which is pretty crazy, but you know, a little hamstring injury last year, it kind of kept him sidelined for a lot of the year, but man, he was, he was a consensus all American as a true freshman, which was the first time in big 10 history. The dude's exciting to watch, man. Yeah, man, he is a fun player to watch. And, you know, I think that listed weight or that listed size at 5'9 might be a little bit generous. I mean, I know he was more around the 5'6 range when he was coming out of high school. So I'm, I'm going to be surprised if he hits that 5'9 number. But but yeah, like you guys, like you said, this guy is just a freak. I mean, he had the highest spark in his his class. I mean, Aaron, a 4'3", 340, jumped 42 inches, had a 4.1 shuttle. I mean, the, this guy is a freak on the field. He's a he's a joystick player. He's fun. He's explosive. Some people were worried about the the soft tissue last year. He had the hamstring injury that kept him off the field. Uh, David Bell kind of emerged in his in his absence. You know, some people are worried about uh, can these two guys coexist with each other now, or is one guy going to take a big hit here? Yeah, I mean that's the big question. What the balance is going to be with Bell? Um, you know, they're both really talented. And I think they're both going to produce this Purdue offense is kind of looking up, which I don't like as an IU guy, but you know, it's, it's definitely fun to watch. I know David Bell is going pretty high in at least our Debbie drafts. And I think that's probably consensus around the the industry right now, but yeah, I mean, I still think Rondale Moore is going to get his, it's going to be tough because 
you know, it's going to be tough for defensive coordinators in the Big Ten to kind of focus on one guy because the other guy is going to go off. So maybe you see games go back and forth, whether, you know, who has the big one or not. But, you know, it, it'll be fun to watch. He's an exciting player, man. Yeah, and I mean, like they say, speed kills, right? And I think the NFL is starting to even pay attention. You I mean, you look at our first rounds these past couple of years, either the second rounds, even guys like Mar- Marquise Brown and Henry Ruggs, or you look at the second round with Hamler and, and Hardman. I mean, I mean, the NFL loves these speed guys now and loves getting them into space. And I think Rondell Moore is going to be that next guy that the NFL falls in love with. So on the other end of the spectrum, you got Tamori and Terry, who's a 6'4". You know, he's up to 215, 220 from his offseason workouts. You know, he's a guy that I'm really high on. Um, I've seen him kind of up and down. He kind of falls in all different ranges, you know, from what I've seen in mocks. Um, but, yeah, he's a guy that he just has – he has size, he has speed, he has strength. Last year I think he showed he's more than just the deep threat that he looked like in the previous season. Um, but, you know, he, he put up almost 1,200 yards last year, and the offense was – was not very good. And what kind of amazes me is, you know, obviously everything's, you know, been talked about with their offensive line. He was still averaging 20.3 yards per reception, which means he's getting down the field when the quarterback doesn't have a lot of time to to throw. So, you know, he's a guy that I'm, yeah, I'm really excited about going into next year. And I think he's going to be a first round pick. Yeah, and you've been kind of chanting his name to me in our uh, chats together, and uh, I've taken a while to kind of get on the train fully. Like you said, you know, I watched this 2018 tape, and uh, he was very raw. It was a lot of go routes. It was a lot of just fly balls. It was a lot of just – it was raw to me. I, you know, there wasn't a lot of versatility there. He was giving me kind of uh, the EQ St. Brown vibes, you know. That that was kind of my my comp for him at the time. But then, and then this year, now I go back and watch his 2019 tape, and I think he improved tremendously. I mean, he was using a lot of more versatile ways. I mean, it was screens, it was hitches, it was down the field still, which he improved in as well. I mean, he grew a lot from his 2019. And I mean, if you're going to be a big wide receiver nowadays and make it to the NFL, you better be a little freaky. And this guy is a little freaky, I think. I mean, he moves really well for that size. This guy has legit quickness. I mean... I think it was a a screen against North Dakota or or somebody like that, where he is deking out guys down the field where I was like, what size is this guy? Six, four, 203 pounds, which he was last year anyways, but he moves pretty damn fast. And I'm excited to see what this guy's going to test like next year. Yeah, definitely. I know the play you're talking about and yeah, he was a, a little bit thinner last year, but it sounds like he's really committed himself to taking that next step. Um, this off season, you know, I, I look back to, I think it was March when he was posting on Twitter showing the differences just between January and I think March from his workout regimen and the dude's putting on some, some added muscle, which I think will benefit him if he can, you know, maintain the same speed. Yeah, definitely freaky for sure. But you brought up EQ St. Brown. So let's talk about his brother, Amon Ra St. Brown. I know this has been one of your guys for a long time, quite a few years. You drafted him, you know, many years ago in one of our devies. Uh, he's one of your favorites, so I'll let you take the reins on this one. Yeah, I mean, I love this high school tape. I mean, I think I might have said something to you, I mean, the minute after I finished watching it. This guy just seemed a little bit more advanced fundamentally, you know, for, for that for that stage of his career. You know, I, I know he's a little lean. He's he's 6'1", 195. I mean, that's pretty good. It's a little lean. I'd like to see a little bit more weight. But, I mean, this guy just strikes me as a high IQ player. You know, he understands defensive coverages. He understands how to sit in zones. He understands how to beat press. You know, he has legit athleticism to beat you all over the field. 
you know, getting separation easy. I mean, to me, this guy seems like it's the complete package. And I don't get why a lot of other people are down on him. Maybe I'm too high. It's made me want to go back and try to find out what, what I'm seeing that other people aren't seeing. But I just think that this guy has all the tools that you want to see out of your wide receiver. Maybe you want a little bit taller, but, you know, I hate making comps to, to people who are, you know, in that elite tier of NFL talent. He almost gives me Odell vibes. And I know that that's bold. That, that's bold to say. But if you're starting with this base of fundamentals at this level of your career, imagine what it could grow to. Connected with uh, with Slovis now. I know JT's moved on to Georgia. And Slovis has, came on strong last year, you know, led him to 1,000 yards last year. So I think that he's going to have a great year. And he could be talked about a lot higher than a lot of people are considering him. Yeah, no doubt. And you bring up the the comp and, you know, I'm kind of with you. I don't like comps. Um, but watching him, I was re-watching him recently. He kind of reminds me of Reggie Wayne, just the way he runs his routes and gets the separation, uses his body. Um, obviously, that's, you know, I mean, we're both kind of putting him in a, in a high tier up here. But um, that's really the vibes I got. You know, Reggie Wayne wasn't putting up massive numbers in college. And granted, he got to play with with one of the best quarterbacks ever to play the game. But yeah, I mean, he, he really became a whole new wide receiver at the NFL level. And I think that that St. Brown has the, uh, the ability to do that. Moving on to another guy. That's one of my favorites, Rashad Bateman. I've taken him, I think in as many Debbie drafts as possible uh, this past month uh, amongst all of ours that we do, you know, he's a guy, He's 6'2", 210. He was competing with Tyler Johnson last year for, for receptions. And the dude just put up monster numbers. And now Tyler Johnson's gone. So those numbers could go up even more. Plus another year with Tanner Morgan. To me, Bateman's just a complete wide receiver. He's got great hands, good speed. He's good after the catch, good leaping ability. He's just the complete package. Yeah, I think that was the toughest part about kind of being out of the first round in a lot of our drafts this year. I mean, I'm always fucking trading away everything. I need to stop doing that. But uh, it was tough to see guys like this go. You know, Pickens and Bateman were two of the guys I would have loved to get my hands on this year. And I think you've got them in almost every draft or maybe one you missed out on Pickens. But but yeah, I mean, I was re-watching Bateman today. I mean, this guy is like the perfect mold of your modern NFL wide receiver. I mean, he's got the size, the 6'2", 210. You know, he's got the quickness at the agility at that size. I mean, you watch this guy play, and, and he's quick out there. He's, he's pretty fast. He truly gave me, oh, here we go with the comps again, but Chris Godwin, that's kind of the the comp that I made for him. And, and it's a relatively close size comp, but their play style, the way Godwin moves out there, he's kind of quick. He, he's quick on his breaks. Bateman kind of gave me that, that, that same feeling. And, and Bateman is a complete player. He's out there catching those 50, 50 balls. Like you were saying, you know, he even had that one handed grab uh, that was pretty damn impressive. He's got great hands. So I, I mean, I'm fighting with this guy from keeping him from number three on my list, to be honest with you. Yeah, no doubt. And that's the thing with a lot of these guys, especially kind of the top 10 guys that we're going to talk about, it wouldn't surprise me if any of them kind of started slotting up higher, you know, some are going to be go a little bit higher. Some, some will be dropped a little bit, but they're all monsters in their own way. And it's kind of interesting because a lot of these wide receivers are the bigger wide receivers. You know, we saw a couple of years ago and you and I talked, you know, a ton about a lot of these smaller wide receivers that were smaller, faster. And that seemed to be, you know, some of these guys that, that the NFL were targeting, but I think now we're starting to see some of these bigger guys that that are the complete package that still have the speed to really set themselves apart. And when you put in that size, it's 
you know, I think this class is going to kind of regain some of that big wide receiver that, that the NFL kind of wants is the, the wide receiver ones. And an, another guy like that is, is Seth Williams. Um, I think I'm higher on him than, than you maybe, and maybe even some other people, but yeah, he's another guy uh, again, six, three, two twenty four. He's got a lot of speed. He's aggressive at the catch. You know, he was playing with a freshman quarterback last year. Um, and I would expect his numbers to go up, man. What do you think about Seth Williams? Yeah, and he knows how to use that size too. You know, there's there's a couple of good clips of him where he knows how to get in front of the defender. He knows how to box out the guys. He, he's pretty physical. You know, he's tough through contact. Um, you know, I have to, I had to go back into my notes actually from from 2018. I, there was there was something that was bugging me. I, I remember that I had on this guy, and it was it, it was a couple of times that I saw drops on tape that uh, he kind of uh, mishandled a couple balls. But uh, looking back over 2019, I didn't notice that at all. I, I hadn't seen anything. If anything, he actually looked like a natural hands catcher out there, which is actually pretty impressive considering that I wrote that about him last year. Maybe I was wrong on that. But, yeah, he's plucking that thing out of the air. He's he's jumping through traffic. He's He's got great concentration, great tracking, you know. And, and like you said, he, he looks like he's got the athleticism to gain the separation. Sometimes it's not the hugest separation, but he is getting that separation out there. But, but yeah, I was, I was even going to ask you. I couldn't find any verified times for this guy anywhere. Do you have anything on him? I don't. Um, he seems to kind of be in the the four four ish range, four four to four five range. You know, he's similar to Tamorian Terry his freshman year in that he was kind of the deep threat, averaging twenty point five yards per reception. Uh, when last year he kind of dropped down a little bit to fourteen, but then had a lot more receiving yards. You know, he was he was up around eight hundred and thirty yards and five or eight touchdowns. So he's a guy that I think is going to improve even on the numbers that he had last year. I think with some more targets and some more work under Knicks, you know, it, it'll be, it'll be exciting to watch. Let's take a look at some Alabama wide receivers, man. Uh, we got Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle, but let's, let's start with Smith. You know, he was kind of known as the guy that, that caught everything, you know, rugs was kind of the speed guy. Judy was the, the insane route runner, and Devonta Smith was the guy that would catch everything. And he had a monster year last year. Are you high on him or what do you think between him and Waddle? Yeah. I mean, it's quite possible that he was the best wide receiver at Alabama last year, which is probably saying something when you consider the wide receiver room they had there. I mean, like you said, he had a huge year last year, almost 1300 yards, 14 touchdowns in, in a loaded offense. I mean, he commanded that kind of attention. I mean, uh, I know the BMI junkies are going to kill this guy. They're going to get on him for being a pretty thin guy at 175 pounds. But yeah, I mean, the way he plays out there, I mean, the speed he has, his hands, the concentration. I mean, he's even out there beating good press. You look at their matchup versus LSU where he's facing, you know, the the, the freshman standout, the Stingley, uh, Derek Stingley. And uh, and Fulton was a top cornerback that went in the NFL draft this year. I mean, he put up seven catches for 213 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, this guy knows how to win. He knows how to beat guys out there regardless of his size. I'd love to see him put a couple pounds on, but the guy's a baller out there. Yeah, for sure. I was definitely going to mention that LSU game because, yeah, he just he went off, you know, not quite the same way he did. Um, you know, what was it against? Ole Miss, I think. He went off for like 274 yards, five touchdowns, man. Just an absolutely insane week. But, yeah, the LSU one, man, when you're, when you're talking top, you know, NFL talent, in that secondary, that was, that was really impressive to me. 
you know, a lot of guys are even higher on Jalen Waddle. And I think ultimately Waddle's going to be higher on my list than even Smith, man. Um, you know, he's, he's a little bit smaller, kind of like Rondale Moore. He's just a human joystick, dude. He's, he's got crazy acceleration. He's so good after the catch because of that. You know, he's a guy that I, I think is going to be very good and wouldn't surprise me if he puts up even better numbers than Smith in 2020. Yeah, this guy is a special player. I mean, he's freaky fast out there. I mean, I think there was that video on Twitter where Henry Ruggs was actually racing Jalen Waddle, and these guys were neck and neck going down the field. And we all saw what Ruggs did at the combine this year where he ran up 424 or whatever the number was. I mean, so the speed is there. The speed is legit. And this guy is a dynamic threat. I mean, he averaged almost 25 yards per return last year, too. I mean, he, he, he returned two return touchdowns last year, too, compared to Waddle having zero. I mean, I think there's a good chance that people are underrated waddle and waddle could be ranked ahead of more on a lot of people's boards next year yeah definitely i mean that that alabama offense those wide receivers it's just been crazy what they've done in the last few years and waddle's kind of been you know kind of the not even the forgotten guy but he's just yeah there's just been so much talent ahead of him already that it's i think he's primed for for a big breakout you know going into next year so It'll be it'll be fun to watch and see how both him and Smith kind of compete for the the catches and what what kind of yards they put up next year. You know, I think they have the advantage over over anyone else that might be trying to break through in that offense just because of the limited offseason that we're all seeing. Um, it looks like a real possibility, but you know, I, I'm I'm high on Waddle. I think he's going to fall pretty high on my top ten list. So one guy that had some injury issues last year was Tylen Wallace. You know, the dude was second in the nation in receiving in 2018 with almost 1,500 yards. It was a shame that he tore his ACL in practice and non-contact injury. Um, but, man, this guy has the speed to run past you. He gets good separation. He's even physical for his size at six foot, under 200 pounds. You know, he's – he still put up 53 catches, 900 yards and eight touchdowns in, I think it was nine games last year. So even in limited, he was kind of on pace for what he had done the previous season. So the dude's dominator ratings insanely high. You know, are you, are you still high on him going into next year? Are you a little cautious coming off the ACL? What are you kind of expecting out of Wallace? Uh, Everybody actually seemed to be a little bit higher on Wallace than I was, you know, but I really made it an effort. To, to make sure I watched him this year when he when 2019 was starting anyways but he actually really caught my attention early half of the year I mean me and you I think even talked about it a little bit in the beginning that it was somebody that I kind of missed out on last year because I maybe I just didn't pay him enough attention but you know he, he made some tremendous catches down the field I mean he knows how to high point the ball he knows how to attack a ball you know, he's not the biggest guy at only six foot, 185, but he knows how to use every inch of that damn body. He knows how to get up there and get that ball. You know, uh, a lot of the production did come on screens. You know, he was, they were getting it out to him a lot of short little hitches, just getting the ball in his hands, but he's got the speed to keep going, to, to get the ball down the field, to, to make explosive plays that are just getting the ball in his hands. So he's someone that is cracking my top 10 now. He's someone that I continually keep getting higher on and someone who keeps climbing up my board. Yeah, for sure. I hope we still see some of that explosiveness next year. You know, guys can sometimes be a little hesitant coming off ACL injuries. Um, So hopefully we don't see that. He has had a lot of time, I think, to kind of rest up and heal before the season even starts. So, you know, it's 
the dude's going to produce that offense just kind of puts up a lot of offense, especially in the big 12. So, you know, I would expect that if he's fully healthy, he's going to put up massive numbers kind of like we saw two years ago. He's kind of that, that last guy as well for me that is in that upper tier that can kind of crack, you know, even top five, maybe depending on his seasons or his season next year. Um, Dropping down, let's, you know, we got to cover some other guys here. Chris Olave is a guy that I see a lot of people are high on. I'm not quite there. Um, you know, he had 840 yards and 12 touchdowns last year. He does seem to always be open. You know, a lot of, I think he, he did well on a lot of plays where fields was kind of extending the play and, and Olave was kind of working his way back to the, back to the quarterback or just finding different ways to get open. You know, he's good around the sidelines. He's, he's just, he seems like a very smooth wide receiver. I'm just not seeing top tier traits that I, that I like to see from my top wide receivers. Yeah. I mean, he's going a little bit high for me. The, the evaluation is getting up there. A lot of these people are putting him well within their top tens. I mean, it's approaching top fives for some people. And I guess you can make the case. You, you look at Justin Fields, who's probably a Heisman candidate who, who puts up a lot of numbers in that conference. And you look at OSU, who's losing a lot of, production from the wide receiver position with guys moving on to the NFL and OSU is pumping out wide receiver talent lately I mean you look back at Michael Thomas you look at Paris Campbell you look at Terry McLaurin you look at KJ Hill even last year I mean these guys are are, are coming into the NFL as smooth players like you said they're they're refined in their running ability you know there's definitely a type that seems to be coming out of OSU but you know I'm also really big on a lot of the other guys there you know I really like Garrett Wilson I mean I know you are also a fan of Julian Fleming who I'm also a big fan of who's a the fresh big uh, five-star freshman that's coming in this year and you know Olave was a three-star recruit I mean he ran a 473 for what it's worth back in the day so he doesn't seem like that that crazy athletic type he doesn't seem to have a lot of those elite traits like you were saying and uh, you know to me he's probably more closer to KJ Hill than he is Terry McLaurin on that OSU wide receiver spectrum. Yeah. What Hardline is doing it at Ohio state. It's very impressive, man. He's, he's pumping out these wide receivers into the NFL. He's doing a great job of developing them, getting them ready for the, the NFL. I just, with, with Olave, I don't see him being very good after the catch. You know, he's, he has good speed, but he's, he doesn't seem to be great after the catch. So it's, it's just hard for me to pinpoint where, where I see him fitting in into the draft next year. You know, I think, you know, maybe we'll see more out of them next year, but like you said, there's a lot of competition there, man. I I'm definitely high on Wilson. I'm high on Fleming. I mean, really a lot of these, these freshman wide receivers they brought in last year are, are crazy talented. So the crazy thing to me is Todd McShay just recently came out with his, you know, one of those way too early mock drafts for next year. He had, he had Olave going 23 in next year's draft, which shocked me. So he's seeing something that I'm not, and maybe it's just cause you know, it's an Ohio state wide receiver. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that one definitely shocked me. Yeah. And like we've talked about before, I mean, sometimes we like to take these, uh, these NFL draft analysts words as kind of a little bit of gospel because a lot of the times they're a lot closer to right than we think. I mean, sometimes we, we got to listen and now he, this guy's saying that he likes Chris Olave. So maybe it's going to be a recipe for us to go back and take a look. Yeah. And here's another one, man. Cause it's a guy, another guy that I'm not as high on and that's Sage Surratt. And he's got him going right behind Olave at 24 in next year's mock. 
Sage Sharatza, he's a big wide receiver. He put up a lot of yards last year, over, you know, had a thousand yards. Again, I just don't see it with him, man. What am I missing? Yeah, you know, I'm a little bit higher on Sage Sharratt probably than you are. You know, I like the size. Uh, even to me, this this could be a discount Seth Williams in a sense. You know, he's he's probably not even close to as fast as him on the field. But possession wise, this guy's a monster at the catch at the catch point. I mean, he's six three, two fifteen, so he's got that big size. And I mean, he only played eight games last year, but he still managed to hit a thousand yards and eleven touchdowns. I mean, even if you look at Newman, who's a lot of the, who's the poster boy this uh, this offseason. When Sherrod actually got hurt after those eight games, Newman's. Newman's play fell off like crazy. I mean, the biggest question with Sherrod, obviously, is going to be his uh, his athleticism. But but clearly, he's out there making a big difference no matter how fast he is on the field. He's smart out there. He's a smart player. And I think he's going to be a little bit underrated going into next year. Yeah, he's definitely a guy I'll need to take a closer look on. You know, and it was a little surprising in, in one of our recent Debbie drafts. I think we touched on it in, you know, one of our recent pods that he he lasted until the fourth round in a in a depleted Debbie draft so obviously guys that we play with aren't as high on him but I do see a lot of a lot of talk about him and it's just you know I'm not quite there but I'll definitely be taking a closer look and paying more attention to him and then another guy that I'm still not quite there with but I like a little bit more is Terrace Marshall you know, he's another big wide receiver, um, had 13 touchdowns in that insane offense at LSU last year. He was crazy efficient around the goal line. Um, can he fill Jefferson's shoes? I think that's kind of the role he needs to step into and take that next step. But do you like Marshall going into next year? How does that complement Chase? Do you, do you expect Marshall to put up better numbers next year? You know, I've been expecting Marshall to put up number better numbers since he came into into college. To be honest with you, he, he's underwhelmed. If you look at the production, I mean, he's never had over seven hundred yards. He's dealt with injuries. He did have the thirteen touchdowns last year, which was good. But we're talking about one of the most historically potent offenses that college football has ever seen last year, and he still was only able to put up seven hundred yards. I mean, I, I almost expected more from him. This guy's a big five-star recruit. He's supposed to have all the tools in the tool shed. He he ran a four-five. He's he's tall. He he's quick out there, but uh, he's relying on that athleticism. And you know, he's not bad if he just get the ball in his hands and then he breaks a tackle and can find some space, find a couple yards. But uh, even down the field, he had a couple concentration drops. I found that he excelled actually closer to the line of scrimmage and deeper. And I thought that he would excel more being a big 6'4", 200-pound guy down the field. And to me, I'm just waiting with this guy. I'm just uh, I'm, con- I'm constantly waiting for this guy to break out. But uh, at this point, I'm not sure if it's going to happen, especially with all the changes that's going to happen in LSU this offseason. Yeah, I mean, those are definitely good points. And this is, you know, like I said, this is kind of his year to prove that he can kind of fill the, the Jefferson role. Um, you know, I don't know that they'll necessarily have him in the slot as much as Jefferson was, but – I mean, there's a lot of vacated targets there. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, this is kind of, it's his time to shine and we'll see if it happens. So I think that pretty much covers it for guys that I'm, you know, really interested in guys that I could see kind of cracking that top 10 and really making a, you know, a, a, a difference in next year's draft. Um, but let's highlight some some sleepers that we might have. Is there anybody out there that you like that you could see kind of, you know, cracking this this group of wide receivers that we've already highlighted? 
Yeah, and he's gotten a little bit of attention this offseason. I actually wrote an article for him at Breakout Finder. You can uh, find it there. But uh, it's going to be Brennan Eagles from uh, from out of Texas, uh, the big 6'4", 225-pound wide receiver. He was he spent some time as a five-star. I think he settled in as a four-star recruit. But uh, he showed some flashes last year, 522 yards and six touchdowns. I mean, there's going to be a ton of production opened up over there now that Colin Johnson's left for the NFL and Devin DuVernay. I mean, uh, if you even look back to the LSU game, we always keep going back to the LSU, but that's a that's a, a backfield or a, a defensive backfield full of NFL talent. And I, he ended up hanging 116 yards on these guys and two touchdowns. And I mean, he spent most of the time playing against Fulton, who ended up being a pretty top-tier cornerback uh, in this year's draft. So, I mean, even you, you look at his athleticism that he came tested out, I mean, he tested at a 4-5-2, which is pretty damn good coming out of high school. And he's 6'4", 225. That's pretty good damn speed. But the most impressive thing to me was that this guy ended up running a 3.99 shuttle time. Like, that is, that's damn quick at 6'4". If you, I went back and looked at all the combines throughout all the years. I went back all the way that that's tracked on pro football reference. The only two wide receivers with that kind of size profile and ran a four or less at a shuttle time was Jeff Janis, rest in peace, or Allen Robinson. And those are the only two guys in the history that have ran that kind of speed. So, like, this guy has a prototypical wide receiver one build. And if he can become that next guy, then I think he projects pretty damn well to the next level. And he could be talked about a lot in the NFL draft circles next year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, you know, it'll be interesting. I don't know if Tarek Black got the the waiver or not going into next year. Um, but he could have a big year this year. Um and I'll be interested to see it. I think that's a that's a good guy to definitely keep your eye on. The guy I want to highlight is Frank Darby. And I know some of you might be saying who. Um, but yeah, he's he's kind of the next guy up at Arizona State. And really, if we look at you know the last two years, they've put a wide receiver into the first round in each of the last two with Harry and Ayuk last uh, in this past draft. So, you know, he's he hasn't put up huge numbers. You know, last year he only had a little over 600 yards and eight touchdowns, but he did average 19.9 yards per reception. And if you take his, his past three seasons, he's got 61 catches for over 1200 yards and 12 touchdowns. And he's averaging, you know, 20.8 yards per reception over the past three years. So, you know, I think he's in a good spot to kind of take over that, that lead role there and really put up some massive numbers do I see him going in the first round? Not necessarily, but you know, I, I don't think at this time last year we saw IU going in the first round either. So he's definitely a guy I'm going to watch closely this year. Um, you know, do you have any, any take on him? Have you, have you watched any of him at all? Uh, honestly, I had to look him up when I saw that you wrote his name on the show. sheet. He's not somebody that I paid attention to very much. You know, uh, he's got good size though. He's got a, uh, he looks pretty damn good on film. I actually went and turned on that uh, Oregon game. I watched them against Oregon. They've got a, a, a nice cut up there on YouTube if anybody wants to go watch it. And uh, he had a big touchdown on there where he ripped past the corner and then had the speed to burn past the safety in the cover too. And I mean, that play right there put him put him on my map. I like to see that. And I know that you've got your eye on Sun Devil football. Like you said, you've been paying attention to, to Harry, who you didn't like that much coming out. You've been paying attention to AU, who you did like coming out. So, I mean, if if you're talking about a guy from Sun Devils, I'm, I'm paying attention. And, and I can definitely see what you like in him. 
Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I think, I think what Herm Edwards is doing there, um, he knows how to, how to put guys in the NFL. He's coached in the NFL. So, you know, definitely a good system and, you know, especially another year with Jaden Daniels at quarterback, you know, I think together they can kind of, kind of make a big jump and put up some, some good numbers. So, but I think that kind of wraps it up for, for guys that we wanted to touch on, unless you had anyone else. No, I'm feeling pretty good about the guys we touched on. I mean, this whole list is is super deep. There, there's a million guys that we could touch on, but unfortunately, we don't have four hours for all you guys to listen to. So you're just going to have to deal with these 10 or 15 that we talked about today. All right, Corey, why don't you give me your uh, your top 10 wide receivers? I'm sure with the Justin Ross news, this has kind of changed a little bit for you from maybe what you had, you know, even just a few weeks ago. But why don't you run down your top 10 for me, man? Yeah, I had a tough time putting these together, actually. But uh, the top is fairly easy for me still. Uh, I'm going to go with number one is Jamar Chase. Not a lot of explanation to do there. My number two is Amon Ra. I know it's a little bit bold, but he's my guy. I like him there. Uh, Number three is going to be Rondale Moore. But my number four guy, uh, Rashad Bateman, I think he has a good chance to climb a lot higher on this list. I'm really getting high on him, and I think he could be pushing for number three, even maybe even number two. I don't want to say that over Amon Ra, but I think he could be pushing up there. But... uh, to number five, uh, it's going to be Jalen Waller, Alabama. He's going to be my preferred Alabama wide receiver, but he's going to be followed up right here at number six by Devontae Smith. Right here is probably where I would have put Justin Ross had he been here, maybe right in between these two wide receivers, maybe right after Devontae Smith. Uh, but number seven, I'm actually going to go with your guy, Tamori and Terry. I mean, after watching him a little bit more, he, uh, he he's climbing up my list a little bit too. I mean, he looks like a freak out there. So uh, number eight is going to be another big guy with Seth Williams at Auburn. Uh, number nine is going to be Tylen Wallace. And uh, 10, I battled with a little bit. You know, I, I had a tough time finding who could take Justin Ross's spot. But uh, I'm actually going to go with, uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit and go with uh, 10A, 10B. And uh, my 10A is going to be Terrace Marshall. I think he's got a lot of tools in the toolbox. I think if he can reach his potential, we might be talking about him a lot more next year. He could blow up the combine pretty well. And uh, my 10B is going to be Sage Sherrod. I just think that he's not getting the respect he deserves out there for a lot of the good that he did uh, throughout the year with Newman. And uh, yeah, uh, those, that's my top 10. And uh, why don't you give me yours? Yeah, man. I mean, really, I don't differ a whole lot. Obviously, I got Chase number one as well. Tamori and Terry's my guy. So I got to stick him at number two. Um, you know, kind of like you said, I just, you know, his size and speed, I think he's going to take the next step this year. Right behind him is Rondale Moore, and then Bateman's right there, man. Like, really, any of these top four for me could switch spots at any point in the season. And then Jalen Waddle, man, another guy that's just explosive. Then I'm going to go with Seth Williams at number six. I got your boy, Amon Rod, number seven. Same with you. Justin Ross would have been slotting in kind of, kind of in this range for me. Um, I got Devonta Smith at number eight. Tylen Wallace at number nine and then kind of similar to you, man. Like I really struggle with this 10 spot. I, you know, I kind of have, I have Chris Olave penciled in there right now. I don't love him. Um, and I kind of want to take a stab and just throw a dart and say, Frank Darby's my number 10, but I am going to stick with Chris Olave and then have Frank Darby kind of behind that. But it would not surprise me if, Frank Darby kind of makes that next step being, you know, at Arizona and he's the guy, whereas Chris Olave has a lot of competition. So, so that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I'm not sold on that top, you know, that 10th spot, but 
um, you know, we'll see what happens, man. I'm excited for this season. Um, but yeah, let's, you know, I think this is a good spot to finish up. Um, I know you've been very active with Twitter lately, especially with your Canadian brethren. So, you know, let, let's talk about that real quick, man. Uh, yeah, I had the privilege of getting selected to play in this year's uh, Canadian National Best Ball Champions League. You know, we're, we're mid-draft right now. It's a big 32-team, uh, two-conference league. Uh, it's all Canadian guys. Uh, 100% of the proceeds go to charity, so that's a big thing here. You know, I'm going to be, everybody's going to play for their own choice of charity. You know, I'm going to be playing for the Cancer Society. Uh, I think that's a, that's an illness and a, a cause that's close to all of us. Uh, I could go over ways it, it's affected me, but I mean, I know all of you have probably felt this sickness in some way or some some form or fashion. So, uh, I mean, it, it needs to be gone and anything I can do to help, uh, I'm willing to do that. So I, I hope I can win and bring home some money for the, uh, the, the uh, Canadian Cancer Society. But yeah, our guy, uh, Will Harris, actually really got me involved with these guys. He's brought me into this uh, Canadian group and it's a, it's a bunch of really good guys and they're playing for a really good cause and I'm excited to be a part of this thing. Yeah, I mean, it's always great to see, you know, a lot of these other fantasy leagues that kind of do these these charity works. And, you know, it's it's really cool to see. It's a it's a good way to give back. You know, this is something we all love to do. So why not, you know, find a way to, you know, kind of promote, you know, causes that are close to us. So, you know, I mean, I, I think it's, you know, it's really cool what you guys are doing up there. Um you know, unfortunately, me down here in Florida can't participate in that one. But man, I definitely support, you know, what you and Will are doing up there. So, all right, man, I think that about wraps it up for us. You know, it's we kind of, uh, I think, went a good amount of time between our last podcast. But, you know, we both got a little bit busy um, and there's a lot more to come, you know, coming up this season. So I'm just excited. I think it looks like we're going to have a season. So, you know, bring on college football, man, because 2020 so far has not been very good. So, yeah, man, let's go ahead and wrap this one up, and we'll, uh, we'll hit you next time. Peace. Peace.